Surprise, everyone. Welcome to the 271st edition of the Robcast. This is a special, <laughs> this is a special Trace Report pandemic version, pandemic uh, edition. Uh, so The t- Trace Report. Yeah, yep, it's back. Uh, <laughs> By the way, I should tell people, if this is your first Trace Report, Trace is our oldest son, 21 years old, college student, home, obviously, because what does college even mean anymore? Yeah, what is that? I don't even know. College is like a laptop yeah. at this moment. It's a Zoom conference now. And if you've heard Trace reports before, uh, you know, just prepare yourself. But um, we're always talking about these things, especially now in these surreal days with the growing death toll and everybody's in their houses, or some, like our beloved healthcare workers, working more than ever. And then uh, we're all over the place now. But for many people, these are... Uh, at least for me, as surreal as it gets. You keep saying it's like a Saturday <laughs> over and over again. It's just like one like long Saturday, you know what I mean? You're just, just like... a different day like, yeah. over it's and like, over and over again. Like the weirdest, yeah. But we, we're endlessly talking about what this means and what's happening at a systemic and structural and political. And, and you all have heard me forever talk about how even the word politics from this word politikos, which means citizens. Politics is a good word. It's how we arrange our our life together. So, uh, man, Trace, go. What do you have? Let's do this. Yeah, well, <laughs> growth happens uh, with suffering, and I think that our country is, is suffering, all well, the world, I mean, to be fair, uh, is suffering tremendously right now. So I think that um, this pandemic is going to highlight... Um, a lot of important lessons, and it's it's gonna it's gonna bring a lot of things to light that we should um, recognize about our country and what we can improve. Um, which I think is gonna be the the kind of bulk of this this discussion is gonna be about what this pandemic shows us and what this pandemic uh, means going forward uh, for our country. Um, I should also shout out to everybody who's not American who's listening. Yes. Who, uh, yeah. You already know well, this. This is, this is a global, and, and everyone's aware this is a global problem. So we're all being affected by this. But I yeah, think that yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just more talking about in the context of America because I think it's highlighting some some serious um, deficiencies and flaws about this country that um, need to need to come to light. And, yeah. And if we recognize them, then it will uh, mean for the we can yeah work on implementing some of these reforms for the future. Um, so the first thing is kind of uh, how this virus came about and how this pandemic started and kind of the idea that like, oh, wow, who could have seen this coming? This kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, it actually didn't come out of nowhere. It, it it's There have been many people that have been yeah. warning about this virus for a long yeah. time. And um, back in, uh, in Obama had uh, implemented the global health security agenda. Um, out of because of Ebola, because of Ebola, yeah, Ebola prompted him to to create a global health security team. Um, so that so there there have been people there have been people that have been in front of this for a while uh, that have been warning about something like this coming, and there have been uh, measures uh, implemented into the the government um, and our institutions to, to prevent and, and get ready for something like this coming. And, and, and those protocols, I don't mean to interrupt. No, no, please. Those protocols, we know that the outgoing Obama administration shared 
gave those to the Trump yeah. and Trump incoming Trump administration and said, "This is a very, very real possible threat." We have developed a whole way yeah. to be proactive if something like this ever comes yeah. on the distant horizon. And we know that Trump administration was briefed on here's what to do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be a secret now about how badly we are handling this this pandemic. I mean, we have the most cases in the world right now. Now, granted, that's that's the the number of cases reported. So some some countries we we. The, the reporting could be off and we don't even know about Russia. So I'm, for this, for the sake of this discussion, we'll go with the, with the reported numbers and the U S now leads the, the total number of global cases. Um, and we're, we're, uh, wholly unprepared, uh, on many different levels compared to other countries and their, and their response to this. The U S is uniquely unprepared, um, in their, in our handling of the virus so far. Uh, and I think it's important to note how, I think it's important to put some blame here um, and how much blame goes at the feet of Trump and the, the, his administration, because I'm the first person to like, like Trump derangement syndrome, where there's like this instinctive response to like automatically blame Trump for any bad thing. And like, listen, I, I despise, I loathe the man with a burning passion, but I've always been one of the first ones to like call out Trump derangement syndrome and be like, okay, like in certain instances, like it is jumping the gun a little bit. Like maybe it wasn't all his fault. Like it, not everything is totally his fault, but this is a case where like his administration, he, he cut pandemic experts in 2018. He cut and got rid of some of the measures that would have helped us prepare for a virus like this. So, and, and he, he was saying it was a hoax of in like January, February, his team, the whole right wing Fox news was saying it was a hoax. There was a, there's a whole, uh, there was a whole strain of thought on the right wing that this was like a hoax and not real. And now it's like more real than ever. So I, I, I want to be clear about who that that part of the this problem was exacerbated by the inefficiencies and um, incompetent is incompetentness is that a word incompetency it, incompetencies of I'm just making up words already <laughs> um, uh, the incompetencies of the the Trump administration uh, and this this lockdown that we're under the quarantine should have been implemented yeah I mean weeks yeah. months like it should have been. We should have been way ahead of the ball on that on this, and this administration's uh, lack of being capable of being adults and being able to handle um, problems is is largely to blame for how bad this has gotten and how bad it's going to get. By the way, um, you can trace the um, South Korea and the U.S. both reported first case in the same day, yeah, one of the last days of January, and you can trace how the two countries reacted. And South Korea just went, okay, here are the measures, here's the plan, here's the equipment, here are the face masks. And if yeah. you lay down side by side the South Korean response, which is not a small, I mean, that's 51 million people no, no, yeah. next to the U.S. response, South Korea was way, way, way into very stringent protocols to deal with this. And you, at that point, still had Trump administration officials, um, this will be over in no time, this is just like a common flu. Uh, is this even just something that's made up to try to do a second impeachment of Trump? Like you had unbelievably yeah. frightening things being said while at the same time, South Korea was like way, way, way down the road in all of the social distancing measures. Yeah. No, no, this, so, these, these countries uh, were so much further ahead of us. Seriously yeah. damning indictments of the U.S. Yeah. response to this. Yeah. Even countries like, even countries like Singapore, like they, like, 
they tested everyone. They they had a whole kind of like web interface where like you could track, um, you could see who had it, where they were at. They had a whole and they they contained it like really quickly too. So there's a bunch of countries that had like had the measures and had the technology and had the capabilities that they they it affected them. Um, but they were able to contain it really, really quickly, and they were able to get on it and take it seriously enough to where they were able to to curb the amount of damage that it could have done. And it's just fascinating to me in this country that's so many people are the best country in the world, one of the wealthiest countries in the world. Like we're just wholly unprepared on so many different levels. Um, and we're for already something that, for yeah, something yeah, that yeah. many predicted and many w- w- would warned about. You know, like w- what that says about like. What um, is this country actually the best? Is this country actually the best? And are we actually handling, you know, do we actually handle things on a daily basis the best? Like, yeah, no, I, the answer is no. I would, I, yeah, the answer is no. no. Yeah, yeah, I want people to seriously like look at what this what this pandemic is doing to our country and, and kind of really like like look is the, is this a country that that should be a model for how other countries should you know? You know, it's interesting you say that because when the U.S. invaded Iraq. For no reason. There were no weapons of mass destruction. There was no correlation or connection between Saddam Hussein and the 9-11 terrorists. Um, that was 2003. You would have been five. But I mean, there was a large number of people who were like, no, no, no. We can't have this war. We can't have this war. We can't mm-hmm. invade Iraq. This is this is so immoral. Unjustice will haunt us for generations. Um, and then there was a large number of people who who called those people, that's not, you're not being patriotic. You need to support our troops, support the president. We need to stamp out evil, whatever, whatever, Mm -hmm. get revenge. Um, But it's interesting historically how the Iraq war went from protesting the Iraq war was fringe to more and more accepted to normal to now sort of, yeah, that was like a horrific chapter yeah. of the American and the global story. Mm-hmm. But it feels like with this, I'm interested in how you, you would assess this. It feels like with this and the U.S. response to this pandemic, the the larger culture's awareness is way quicker. The awareness is higher. Hey, wait, this got really bungled yeah. really fast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as opposed to the Iraq war, which took a while Sort of post mortem yeah. got more and more severe, well, yeah. and people going, "Hey, Ter- wait, that terrorism was- is an easier enemy than a virus, too." You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, like, it's an easier enemy to hate and unite against than a yeah than a a virus. Right. So like, kind of like it's weird. You know what I mean? Like, but it's, it's- this one you can see all global uh, sort of collective consciousness is already tuned into. Hey, wait a second. There were warnings. We were not prepared. The handling of this. It feels like it's much, just looking at the 20 years, almost 20 years that have passed since these two sort of catastrophic events, um, that consciousness is much more on this one. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, wait a second. Um, This isn't going to take us as long to figure out just exactly what happened. Okay. I envision, well, just real quick, one more point before we move on. I just envision when this virus hits its peak and we we see the the most amount of suffering and and the most damage that it's going to do, there'll be an idea of like, that it was like inevitable, like oh, like who this is just how it was gonna be. But my point is like it didn't, ah, ha- it didn't right. have to be this bad. Right. Is my point? Right, like, right, right. like there were there there were there were actions that could have been taken that 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 could have prevented it from being as bad as it's gonna as it is and as it's gonna get. And I think that 
there will be this idea that like, oh, this is just how things are. Like it just, you know what I mean? But my point being like, it didn't have, it didn't, it fundamentally didn't have yeah. to be this way. And for many countries, um, it wasn't, they, they, you know, like, it's just, it just goes to show like, like why these, these, you know, global health security teams, you yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah. you know what this, um, um, I'm trying to think how to say this like that. You're so right. That like hurts my heart. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that just has like a devastating um, it goes burden or like weight. Leaders, leaders are important. You know who yeah. who we choose to to yeah. to be in charge and who we who we choose to be make decisions is important. You know, this it's always politics has always had this like abstract nature to so many people where it's like. You know, it doesn't really, you know, it's just, just something out of the distance. Like, it doesn't really affect, yeah. like, this this stuff matters. Or even, like, it doesn't matter. I bet, like, I love the the classic, like, it doesn't matter who's president. You know I mean? They're all the same anyway. They're really not, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're right. seeing right now, they're really not. It's not all the same. It's not, you know, they're all, uh, like, um, it's, it, it's it, well, who who's in charge matters. And who who who's gets to make these decisions really, really matters. And it has an impact on, on, on millions and millions and millions of people. Or even think about the psychology of geography, which is... Oh, well, that, you know, that's just the stuff that happens in Washington. Yeah. No, the stuff in Washington affects farmers in Iowa and agricultural yeah. workers yeah. in the nor Central Valley of yeah. California, and it affects people in, like, the... No, it's not, like, stuff happening there that just sort of does its thing. And it's interesting how this pandemic heightens how this apparatus and structure is unbelievably central to all of our lives. Like it's not like you're saying, just something happening over there. Yeah, no, no, it's it's it's, it's far from that. Um, yeah, so so to transition to, kind of to the next um, point, uh, the, I think this this pandemic is highlighting how rare and unique the U.S. system is in a bad way. Yeah, right. Not in a good um, sense. Not in a good. When I said unique, that like almost implied that it was like like unique is like. Like, oh, you know, you're unique, you know what I mean? But this is the kind of, like, you're unique, like, yeah, you suck. Um, uh, the And I think the the most, I, my, it, it's it's so illuminating to me that that uh, even, like, a week in a quarantine, it was like we were already having discussions about, like, recession, Great Depression, like, yeah. like economy crashing. It's like, wait, hold on, like, you, we take a week off. Like, we, we can't go to restaurants for a week and our economy is suddenly about to crash. Like what there there seems to be for so many people I, I seem to be seeing like a lack of reflection about what this impending doom says about our country and our system and maybe the inadequacies and flaws of the system itself. Of like, wait, we, we tell people they can't work for like a week and suddenly we're talking about our economy crashing. Like maybe this wasn't the best kind of system to begin with, you know. You cannot like, simultaneously be the great economic engine and unsurpassed success story in the world and literally a couple of days of deviation from the norm and you're talking about something greater than the great depression yeah you can't yeah. have both those yeah like we, we have this idea that like this country is like monopoly like the american dream this is like monopoly but it's more like jenga you know like you, you pull you <laughs> oh, pull one yeah you pull i mean it's bad and tragic but that's yeah yeah that's a yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um so i i i want to uh, like the the amount of kind of like doom we're seeing around the country. I want to I want to kind of reflect on what that means about our system. And I think one of the main ways and one of the things that I care most about is healthcare. Um, 
Uh, we spend more, the, the U.S. spends more per capita than every other nation. On twice health, as much. Twice as much than every other nation. 18% of the and GDP. We have 18%. And we have worse health care uh, than other countries, too. We're the only developed nation that doesn't have a single-payer system. And we... We have a system. This and this is what this is what just drives me insane. We have a we have a system that ties healthcare to employment, and now you have 3.3 million Americans filing for unemployment, who are now just last week. Yeah, subsequently losing their healthcare. So the like the 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 fatal flaw in that system is when you tie employment to healthcare. Then when you have a pandemic hits, that means people can't work. Now they don't have healthcare because they can't work. And now people don't have a job, they don't have work, now they don't have healthcare in a pandemic that makes people sick, that makes people need healthcare. So like this whole system has been so whack, out of whack from the beginning, but yet it's like defended as a status quo here. And that's what's driven me, driven me nuts about anyone that like has advocated for a single payer system or Medicare for all, which other modern nations, other countries have. So many people label it as, oh, that's pie in the sky, that's unrealistic. But to me, was actually the real pie in the sky and unrealistic idea is that this system wouldn't crumble upon itself. Like, what's unrealistic is thinking that a, a system in which healthcare is tied to employment would then like somehow work out when a pandemic hits. Like that—that's you're the one living. You're the one living in fantasy land by by developing this grotesque system that our healthcare is already terrible. It already tries to screw you out, screw you out of uh, care, and make the most money off of you. Which, and by it, the way, it does. Hun- billions and billions and billions yeah, of dollars which, of profit. Which, by the way, fu- highlights the fundamental flaw in privatizing healthcare. Is if you privatize healthcare and you make an, you make, you make, uh, if you make an incentive to make money on people's healthcare, you're going to incentivize healthcare companies to then give as little healthcare as possible. That's just the that's just the nature of it. If I say, hey, we're going to make healthcare on the private market. Um, and we're going to make healthcare comp- we're going to say you're going to make more money the less health healthcare you give people which is exactly what these companies do is they they try to try to screw you out of care so that they can make more money so the whole the whole the whole healthcare system is just so unbelievably immoral and grotesque in this country and then you have it tied to employment and then you have people people forced to stay home by the way this is a country when 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck so you're forcing these people who live paycheck to paycheck to stay home they can't work um, and then, and then you're tying their, their, their healthcare to their employment. They then lose their jobs, lose their health cares in the midst of a pandemic that's making people sick. Like this, this, this somehow is the, the best country and the, this somehow is a system that's acceptable. And this is the, this is seen as the status quo. There was Democrats during the debates that were defending this, this system, you know, as this is the system that should be, that should be in place. Like this is the status quo in this country. Is this like, anyone can look at this and be like, wait, this is, this is absolutely bonkers this is insane and the rest rest of the world does the rest of the world looks at our healthcare system and is like you guys are absolutely wait what what are you guys are, doing you guys are absolutely insane you know what i mean like would you talk about the overton window for a moment because i think lots of people don't understand yeah how shifted things are yeah so the overton window is this uh is this idea that in the u.s the, our overton window has shifted so far to the right politically that like the status quo is more like right-wing policies um so that's why someone like like Bernie Sanders or someone advocating for Medicare for all would be viewed as like left wing or like a radical in this country when that's more like a centrist position internationally. Like the like politicians in our in the U.S. Um, that are labeled as like radical or super left wing, if they were in Europe, they would more be like like centrist. So my point is just, uh, it, I, it would be 
Ameri- I would love Americans to kind of come to the, to the realization. It, w- it would help the political discussion and discourse so much if we kind of realized how much our Overton window was shifted to the right and how that impacted the political discourse. Like how much stuff in the U.S. is taken as status quo and, oh, this is just normal, but it's actually really far. It's only because the, the political the Overton window is so skewed to the right. Does yeah. that make sense? That people are like, well, this is how it is. No, you're you're calling, hey, this is just normal, something that's actually way, way, way over to one side. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we have it shifted way far to the right, which I think fundamentally, like, totally changes how we talk about politics, how politics is conducted. Like, the, the American political system is fundamentally shaped by how much our Overton window is shaped or, or shifted to the right. Um, it's interesting you say that. Um, Two of the greatest causes of the two reasons people most file for personal bankruptcy are mounting healthcare costs mm-hmm. and student debt. Yeah. And that student debt follows you in a way that other debt doesn't. Yeah. And how in the political discourse in America, somebody who comes along and says, We should do something about that mm-hmm. because so many people, student debt and medical debt. It, literally killing them in some cases, yeah. but like is making life unbearable. Somebody comes along and says, let's deal with the systems surrounding that is considered like a fringe or radical crazy idea. Yeah. When in many, 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 many other countries, it'd be like, why would you do that to people? And you think about student debt collection, there is an industry that profits off of student debt. Mm-hmm. and is relentless about keeping that student debt attached to that student so that that student yeah. cannot get out of that. And to systemically speak to that and say, this saddles people with weights they cannot carry. Mm-hmm. We know this. We have all the data yeah. on this. Those ideas are considered radical yeah, or like crazy that's or the, that's, unrealistic. That's the craziest, that's the, the craziest thing this country does is it, it does the craziest radical stuff and then set labels that as the makes everyone thinks that's the status quo and then the actual like solutions the like logical solutions to fix this grotesque system are labeled as like the radical you know what i mean it's the it's the best trick that they that the the media it's like a slate like, of the, hand that they've of. done no it's 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 genius on their part like they they do the craziest like in this country we do the craziest most like out-of-pocket stuff and then Anyone that like tries to like reform it and like fix these crazy things is labels like, oh no, you're the crazy radical. Can I one, give you my that my favorite worst example of this that sure. makes me just go. go crazy before NFL games. Yeah. The show, the patriotic show with the flag that's the size of the field and the F-14s flying overhead, the massive show. And then we learned a couple of years ago when the report was made known that the military pays our professional sports leagues to do those ceremonies and those shows before the game starts that honor the military and that the military spends $13 million a year paying poor pro and that money is taxpayer. That's our hard earned taxpayer money. And that the Pentagon, the Pentagon spends 500, I can't even say this without just wanting to throw something, over $500 million a year on advertising. So when I'm watching a game and there's a commercial for the armed services, that's taxpayer money used to make commercials 
for the military that we then watch who are, on... Who are using your tax dollars to then spend on, on warplanes and bombs, yeah. And that... It, and that's a lot... Not only is that allowed, um, but like you're, you're saying, like that's, that's completely... Like if you're visiting America from another country and you see that, you're like, wait, what? Your army does commercials? I mean, it's completely insane. And in large swaths of the American consciousness, that's normal. Yeah, but how, how often is that question? You know what I mean? Like in the in American political discourse. Well, we are now. Yeah. Um, and, oh, we, you and I had also talked about um, how this system is so fragile, but like what Canada did with the outbreak of yeah. this pandemic, um, it feels like instantly from the American perspective. Yeah, um, well, well, England is paying eighty percent of their their workers' salaries. Uh, Denmark is uh, paying seventy five percent of their workers' salaries. Canada is giving people two thousand dollars a month for four months. Like it was just like uh, these countries that were affected by this pandemic immediately just like instinctively just responded with like, okay, how are we going to provide relief to our citizens to like yeah to help them? In this country, we we already have a, a skewed system and like a messed up system as it is, and then we like are like our our government drags its feet on helping people and now it's like the 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 stimulus package right now is is twelve hundred dollars a month or twelve hundred i think it's just one time payment twelve hundred twelve hundred dollars to americans right now but then there's a bunch of loopholes in it that prevent people from actually the people that need it from most from actually getting it which is you had to file for taxes in uh 2018 and 2019 to get it so it, it, they basically purposely put in first off twelve hundred dollars is not enough for for most people to that's like rent for some people. It's not. A, it's not enough um, to to sustain people. And then they put measures in it to like prevent the actual people that need it most from getting it. Um, so it's just. It, it just like these other governments like instinctively just like responded with like how do we provide relief for our citizens? How do we take care of them the most? In the in the U.S., it was like like everyone's already this. this it's everything's so out of whack, and they're also like not. They, they hesitated so long for trying to help. Um, Americans, and then when they finally did, it was like a like a half, like a milk toast kind of measure that doesn't even really uh, like. It so uh, reveals. You think about ancient wisdom because everything is spiritual. Ancient wisdom was always that your strength as a people was not those on top. Yeah, but it was how you had arranged yourself to care for the most vulnerable. That was always the sign of your strength. Um, and that the safety net that you'd created was how you measured how you were doing. Oh, wouldn't that be a beautiful idea for this country if we you actually started to like... Right, you like, think about that. Like, your strength does not come from how many billionaires you have. Yeah. Your strength... Again, once again, highlights the Overton window. It, it, yeah. It's yeah. like how... You're, you're totally right. In this country, we're, we, we're so into our strength being how many like billionaires or the, the rich of the rich. Or the GDP or the stock market yeah, yeah. or the whatever the rate of return on investments is that's how strong or healthy we are but yeah. ancient wisdom was always was always holistic it was always an understanding that you're only as strong as when you're pushed or poked or prodded or a pandemic comes your way how your communal life together cares for those who are instantly the most mm -hmm. vulnerable like that's how you measure it. Yeah, I mean, imagine we flipped that idea in this country. Imagine we had took all the wealth and resources of America and then flipped it and measured our success by how 
uh, good our safety net was, how good, how, how ad, uh, adequately we took care of the, the poor and the most, um, and the, the, the people lowest in the, in yeah. the you and, know what I mean? And like the that, beauty, it would, it would fundamentally ch- change, transform this, this country and how it operated, you know? And the beauty of the, uh, I'm air quoting American dream was this idea that if you worked hard and like set your course, you could improve your life. And now they have like these assessment metrics for which countries, if you work hard and set your course, you can actually improve things. Mm-hmm. And they even call it, uh, in some circles, they call it the American Dream Index, like how to measure upward mobility, essentially. And the top country for that currently is Denmark. Yeah. U.S. isn't even in the top of the American Dream <laughs> yeah. Index. And the countries that are in the top are generally countries that have arranged are countries that have arranged themselves. Some of them are just called democratic socialists, but are just arranged to make sure that there's like a a safety net, a communal sense of responsibility. Because the government, there is no the government. It's our government. Like it's us. Mm-hmm. It's like we all chip in. I think of a government as like we all chip in to this pot in the middle, and then from there there are people who step in and like I'll do that. I'll do that. I mean, it's a very simple way to think about it, but. There is no the government. It's our government. Yeah. Like, we're funding it. Yeah. And I'm, uh, last summer, my mom and I were in Norway. Um, we were talking with this group of people, and this one guy who was so captivating, he was so smart. You'll have, you'll have to meet He's the guy I told you about. You have to meet him. Yeah. But he was like, at one point, he said, you have to understand, we trust our government leaders. And I kind of laughed because he said it without any... Um, you and I were talking earlier, that's like a Saturday Night Live skit in America. Yeah. Like, we trust our government. But he was like, yeah, no, no, we all pay taxes, and then our government leaders, like, take care of things, and we trust them to make the best decisions for all of us. But once again, that... And this is like a really educated, and, very intelligent... And, and everybody it, on the table, like, was nodding, like, yeah, how else would it be? Going back to your point about this system is so... Yeah, that's that's like a radical idea. That would be like a radical idea in this country. Yeah, yeah. We would, trust we would make so, like so a think co- about that. Think about be that. Like a you, sketch. The people like that a, we elect, bit. the people that we elect to vote and elect to represent our um, ourselves in this country. Like it, it, the radical idea is that they would have our best interests at heart and like that we would trust them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somehow we made the status quo that like politicians can't be trusted. They're liars. They're corrupt. You know what I mean? Like There's how some... much stuff in this country is like how in the world has the status quo become the actual radical? idea like that should be the radical the radical thing is that these people that we elect to represent ourselves should be like corrupt lying not taking care of ourselves not have our best interests at heart that's somehow like the normal thing that's the thing that we're, we all just like accept like oh that's right. just the way things are it's like wait why like you know like you know? or you even think about the daily presidential briefing where from the beginning if there had been a briefing and then you heard here are our top five pandemic experts they're going to give you a brief overview of what's happening here they're then going to tell you what we're doing they're then going to tell you what we all need to do together you'd be like yeah of course that's how it would work as opposed to expert followed by president who is so horrifically incompetent it's you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. as opposed to just like there are experts we have these people who know what we need to do yeah um and we're still able to hear them but we the amount of work right now just to hear the people who actually know what's yeah, happening here. Yeah. Okay, so um, God, we could go all day on that. Don't you feel that? Yeah. <laughs> Where do you want to go next? Um, 
Well, I mean, even even discussing more about this, like like radical and status quo. I mean, like like how the one of the things is we don't have enough ventilators right now to 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 deal with this this pandemic. Like we're we're struggling to get ventilators. Like this is a country that spends six hundred eighty billion on the military a year. Like like we're we're still in. I mean, despite we're still in Afghanistan. Like people forget about that. I know that's like kind of random. It's random, but like it really shouldn't be random. You know what I mean? Like Up been, until recently, we were we were in eight different wars. Yeah, no, around the world. Yeah. Yeah. Eight wars. Yeah, eight. And they're now saying that we're headed quickly into the peak of this where they're going to be multiple people with this virus and three people and two ventilators. Yeah. Like our so like we, trusted we, doctors, yeah. nurses, experts are going to be literally having to decide who gets the ventilator. Yeah, we literally don't have like the 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 equipment to, to deal with the pandemic, but we have like we spend six hundred so this whole this whole idea, like how are we gonna pay for it? You know what I mean? How are we like all these these all these ideas, all these 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 policies that are the people respond with? Well, how are we gonna pay for it? We don't have the money for that. But it's like we we have this money to spend tremendously on the military that that every year gets increases. It's totally unnecessary. The and then we gonna... don't. But that's somehow that, that's not questioned by like by mainstream media. By the, the, that's somehow the status quo is that we just need this military. And then when a pandemic hits, not only are we unprepared, we also just flat out don't have like the resources. Like how do we, you know, how, how, how is there such a discrepancy between like our, 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 our material and equipment for killing people, but not our equipment for saving people, you know, like that, um, that, how are we going to pay for it yeah. in light of how much money there actually is being spent on a number of things. Yeah, it's like it's one of the most insane. It's only they only, it's only how are we going to pay for it when it's policies that are going to benefit you, you know, that benefit like <laughs> yeah. the, the majority of people. Yeah, like, yeah. No, seriously, like so pay attention to it. But anytime that question that that how are we going to pay for it things comes up, it's always a policy that's going to benefit you. When the bailouts, when when the the banks get uh, get bailed out, you know, when we may have to spend more on the military like like NSA spying, like with all these programs that are like, it's never like, how are we going to pay for those? You know what I mean? It's only how are we going to pay for, you know, canceling student debt, healthcare, ending homelessness. You know what I mean? It's only yeah. policies that are going to benefit the most. Cause those, those are the radical, those are the radical right. ideas. You know what I mean? Right, Actually right, right. fixing and improving right. this country somewhat are the radical ideas, but keeping the system in place that is causing insane suffering that can't even properly handle a pandemic that, that many people warned about. That's the that's the normal status quo. That's the that's the greatest country in the world, right there. You know, yeah. it's interesting. There's this phrase, social justice, and for many people, the word justice has with it ideas of judgment. Like justice means bringing people, you know, to mm -hmm. like um, accountability, condemnation, judgment. But justice historically always was this understanding that it's a world of abundance. And justice was always the belief in generosity, that there's mm -hmm. enough for everybody. And that, like, there's enough food in the world. It's, um, the earth is fully capable of providing all the food all human beings need to live. So anytime there's, people aren't able to get food, that's political. Somebody somewhere is holding up the abundance. Somebody is stockpiling, which means somebody else is going without. Yeah, And... What's interesting to me, well, what's tragic about the, well, who's going to pay for it is there is plenty. There is yeah, plenty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we just had two companies in America reach a trillion dollar market capitalization. That's yeah. never happened in human yeah. history. We have a number of other countries that have hundreds of billions of dollars in cash. Mm -hmm. So there is plenty. Yeah. 
There is plenty. Well, this country is always like like this country is the wealthiest country in the world. Like there's plenty. Like, we always talk about the wealth of this country. How like yeah. but then it's so interesting that the, the idea how are we gonna pay for it always seems it's such like a pervasive like the one like, place idea. that has stockpiled yeah more than any other group of people in the history of civilization is also the place where people can stand on a stage under the lights on national TV and go, how are we going to pay for it? How are we going to pay for it? And everybody goes, oh, uh, yeah, you're right. That is crit. Yeah. Now, that isn't that there aren't budgets and there isn't like there aren't actually limits and you have to be fiscally responsible. But this idea spiritually that the place that has stockpiled more than ever seems to like have a knee-jerk response to certain impulses yeah it's to really... make justice impulses to make sure or even the default to well then that's then you can't have innovation you can't have people but yes yeah 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 once again justice there's enough and this this scarcity of the market ideology based on an imperial theology where god is money money is god has so like imprinted on the neural frameworks for so many people, scarcity, scarcity, scarcity. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you've said, in, uh, at school, they grade on a curve. We're only going to give a couple of A's. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's like it's just the the whole the whole world. And it's you just go to the, the dining hall, and there's not enough chairs. Yeah, it's just it's and then the you go scarcity mindset everywhere. You know what I absolutely. mean? And like, not only is it scarcity mindset, but then it's like it's just an accepted. It's an acceptance of that idea. Like that's just the way things are. You know it's what I mean? Just Everything the way needs to be, be scarce. You know. And like, all great movements happen when people challenge how things are. Yeah. And justice has been this insistence for literally thousands and thousands of years that there is enough that we can rearrange ourselves and take care of each other. And that's not, like you said, it's not pie in the sky. That's not utopian. That's actually realistic. Yeah. Why wouldn't yeah. we do that? Yeah. Why wouldn't we head in that direction? Yeah. No, what's pie in the sky is thinking that this, this system is sustainable. You know yes. what I mean? Which you're clearly seeing right now is not. Yes. You know? And I think that that's, that's what has frustrated so many people like me is that all these people are saying, labeling other things as pie in the sky and unachievable is like, Hold on, like this is a ticking time bomb. This is unsustainable right here. You know, like this right. is this is this is completely unrealistic that you think that the system can sustain itself and not collapse within itself. Because we're seeing right now when when something serious hits, we're just watching everything crumble. You know, like, you're also yes, you're also noticing like the trillion dollar stimulus package that was just signed in the time of a global emergency, uh, a pandemic. Everybody can come together and find a trillion dollar oh, stimulus yeah, yeah, package. Yeah. No, that, that money's there. That money's so then there, you go, yeah. well, let's coming out of this, which lots of people have been saying for lots and lots of years, let's just treat the suffering of very real Thank people yes. all the time yeah. as a crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Let's is, just. Yeah. It, 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 even, even the way I, I've kind of been discussing this, I'm almost making it sound like, like a pandemic hit. I want to be clear. There's always been a crisis and yes. a pandemic in this country. Yes. You know what I mean? Thank you. Yeah. Like, it, like the, the amount of of suffering in this country every single day because of the way the system is set up and the inequality and inadequacies. It's a crisis every single day for people. You know, we're just seeing it. High. It's just exacerbated and highlighted now. Yeah. It takes a crisis to show the actual crisis. Yeah. Yeah. But for, you're totally right. If we could treat, if we could treat every single day in this country and the conditions in this country, like it was like the coronavirus, you know, like that's truly the mindset we need to have, you know? Yeah. Um, we just yeah. found a trillion dollars. Yeah, I think um, it was two trillion. Two trillion actually. Yeah, is the is the number. But yeah, we can <laughs> we can make when it actually matters. We can make money appear out of thin air. You know, 
Like, and if you actually restructured the spending in this country, I think people would be absolutely shocked. Absolutely of shocked. the stuff we could do, you know. But yeah. because they've been so conditioned um, to think that this stuff is not possible and that there's like, a, oh, it's too good to be true kind of idea. You know what I mean? But I think if we if if we could actually work to restructure um, and prioritize what actually mattered in this country. Uh, people will be absolutely blown away, and I think they're even even their absolutely. Ex, even their expectations of what's possible would be superseded. Yeah, because I don't yeah. even think people are realizing what, how, uh, out of whack the 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 system is here. Like, yeah, and and I mean, if you want to stimulate entrepreneurial activity and innovation, cancel student debt, cancel yeah. student debt, uh, create situations where people aren't panicked. Yeah. About food, shelter, yeah. clothing, health. Yeah. When human beings are flourishing, they tend to do yeah. pretty great things. Yeah. Like that's I generally think that's how it works. That's also an interesting thing. In the, we have a long pattern of that. An interesting idea in this country is that like there's this weird idea that like policies that would benefit people would then hurt the economy or hurt like yeah, the right. greater. But it's actually like I think people would be shocked to find out that actually the things that would help people would actually also like yes. benefit in this yes. up these other areas yes. too, you know, like, like canceling student debt would o- not only help people's lives just on like a personal level, but it would also like stimulate the economy in tremendous ways too. Oh, can but you like imagine? The, it's, there's this weird idea that like, if you do this, if you, if you do, if you do this good thing, it's going to hurt this thing. But actually that a lot of them seem to go hand in hand. Medicare yes. for all saves money, you know, Medicare Absolutely. for all is actually cheaper than, the, than our healthcare system right now in the long run. But, be, but it's, it's like, Oh, Medicare for all must be, like it, it might give everyone healthcare, but it's going to obviously it's going to take away. It's going to cost more. It's going to like hurt in this aspect, but it's actually really crazy how sometimes the humane solutions and the humane policies are actually the most sensible and logical from a number standpoint too. Um, what you, know? you were saying about right now, all of the healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, physicians of all sort in hospitals right now, risking their, risking lives, their lives every yeah. day. Yeah. We, we're not even having a conversation about with like, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. Yeah, we're not even having a conversation about like how about as a thanks, let's cancel their debt. You know, like how these these people are risking their lives, and we're not even like that's yeah. not even. It's just oh, that's you know, that's just the way it is. You know, like <sighs> debt. It's like the it's such a weird, you know, it's it's honestly so bizarre. Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone ish, going on over here. So, um, man, that seriously moves me. Whew. Um, what else? Do you want to? Uh, yeah, just so just some just some thoughts about, um, kind of like a bigger picture, like what this pandemic means going forward. I think is 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 kind of interesting to discuss and kind of, um, interesting to talk about. Uh, so I just want to kind of like say a couple of things I've seen, um, kind of brewing that I think are notable and I think will be uh kind of important for the future. Um, so one of the one of the things I've seen I've seen consciousness rising in different ways. Uh, I've seen class consciousness rising because of this pandemic, and I've seen people start to realize how uh, connected we all are in many different ways. Uh, I think that when you deal with a pandemic like this and you start talking about hospitals overcrowding, it it starts to uh, show and bring to light how connected we all are, like. Like we all use the same hospitals, because um, uh, we uh, people shop in different stores, yeah, work in different offices, yeah. Um, it's 
It's based on gradients of money, wealth, status, employment, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but when you're sick, there's like the hospital. Yeah. It's very easy in this country to like to to create a life in which you don't feel connected mm-hmm. to others and it's it's you feel disconnected. But even even like like a big issue has been getting homeless people off the street because of coronavirus spreads among the homeless population, they're gonna fill up the hospitals and the hospitals get overcrowded, which then affects everyone. So like it, uh, uh, this pandemic has now brought to light that like the homelessness issue is actually an issue that affects all of us. And there's Everybody. so many people that like don't even like think about the homelessness issue affecting them. But now it's like we're like racing to then provide housing for these homeless people, which by the way, isn't in a pandemic, we can find housing for homeless people, but isn't it like, like again, like we were talking about, what if we treated like a homelessness issue, like a pandemic every day, even when there wasn't a virus yes. out, you know what I mean? Yes. We work to get them housing, but now we're, we're, we're racing to get, to find them housing. And that's just, that's just one example of like, like a way in which we're starting to see how many people um, are connected or even how everyone that, that can't work, but still has to pay rent. Like I've been seeing people online organizing against their landlords and just doing rent strikes, like refusing to pay their landlords money. So like th- these people have been, now been organizing and like a class consciousness is starting to rise because these people are like, wait, you're, you're forcing me to, you're making me not work, but you're also not providing me any relief and I'm supposed to pay, pay rent. And then you're seeing your other you have the other guy that lives in your building or other people that are in the similar situation that you might have not connected with before are in the same situation. Now you guys are bonding. Like a solidarity. People are bonding. Yeah, solidarity. Okay, let's not let's let's do a rent strike. We don't have to pay rent, you know? We're not gonna pay rent. Um Well, you think about when you said expanding consciousness, consciousness generally expands because of pain, suffering, or yeah, loss. Yeah. And expanding consciousness always brings with it greater inclusion and complexity. Um I'm in enough pain that the system isn't working that I'm ready to challenge whatever system it is, or even if it's a thought system. Yeah. And that brings me into solidarity with others who have also seen the same thing. Yeah. And that inclusion always reaches beyond itself. Yeah. And, and it always includes those who you previously hadn't seen your human bonds with. So yeah. that was just those people over there, but suddenly we're all in the same jam which is why pain and suffering, as you've said, um, often are, are often the route into our growth and transformation. Because yeah. those are just the people over there. Suddenly, that's my brother and sister because yeah. we're in this. No, yeah, we're in this fight together. Yeah. And this inclusion and uh, and complexity brings us together. Yeah, yeah. So that that's that's kind of what I, what mm-hmm. what I've been seeing, and I just I'm I'm gonna I'm very interested, um, and and even even hopeful about about the future as far as uh, certain ways this will bring people together and, and force people to reflect on how the, the how the American system has kind of left them out to dry and then yeah. organizing themselves and yeah. Yeah. uniting uh, behind causes that will uh, and, and policies that will that will prevent or, or help you know what I mean in the future well you think about the market ideology is built on scarcity yeah and um, consumer ideologies built on scarcity always end up pitting people against each other because competition becomes the engine of the whole machine. So you think about most businesses, well, we're competing. Um, and so individuals academically, you think about socially, you think about um, competition rooted in scarcity becomes, hey, the whole thing's great on a curve, becomes the dominant energies. And what you're describing is a completely different kind of energy Built around solidarity, generosity, compassion. Yeah, it's a it's a, from one mode to another. Yeah, 
and that does create a new world. Yeah, yeah. You will. I, th I, I, I think you will fundamentally see a different world uh, after this this virus, mm. and you'll definitely see a different America. Um, for I mean, for some ways better, for some ways worse. It's it's impossible to say exactly what you know. I'm just kind of predicting and theorizing right now, but but I think there's going to be some some as far as consciousness goes. I think I think consciousness is being raised in ways that. Um, we're we're seeing the the infancy of right now, but we'll start to see like fully developed. Yeah, um, be, yeah, because this system it thrives on numbing. Yeah, it it um. It was Article One of the Constitution. The government shows the taxpayers how all the money is spent. Yeah, and uh, you think about the, the defense section of the budget alone has been working for a number of years to conceal where the money actually goes. Like there are, and it's very, that's very documented efforts to subvert article one of the constitution to make sure that people don't know how much money is being spent of our tax dollars on various, uh, subversive causes and covert activity all around the world. And people going, wait, wait a second. This is us. This is our money. This is our government. This is our life together. And, uh, rising up and saying something about it. We could do this better. We could do this way better. Man, oh man, the trace report. I know, pandemic edition. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, what else? I, what, what do you mean? What, well, that feels like a. I know. I'm, I was gonna say what else you got, and that's like, wait, that I think that's enough. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good. We're gonna be in this house for a number of weeks more together, <laughs> possibly months. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm laughing even though. Uh, at the surreal nature of it. But um, from you and I to everybody out there, whether, especially I think of all the people working in healthcare and hospitals, yeah, those, their those lives, are the real heroes. Yeah. To all I, the people um, going about their regular work just to keep the whole system running, um, to everybody who's all of a sudden in a tight space with family <laughs> and it's a completely different thing, or like you're about to go back to school online for the next quarter. <laughs> yeah, let's think, just, let's think about the people that are really suffering during this. No, me, I'm just saying me the having whole to do spectrum. Zoom classes. Yes, yeah, I'm just saying the whole spectrum. Like we're just all over the. You know what I mean? We're just yeah, yeah. all over yeah, the place no. right now. Yeah. Um, and for some people, it's busier than and more stressful than ever at the exact moment. For others, like everything just went radio silence. Everything just went quiet and yeah, cut off. Uh, so anyway. Trace and I, we're sending you grace and peace and love. <laughs>